I'm not sure which is more plastic, the cheese or the plastic it's wrapped in. Oh, man, I was about to say you're the cheesiest. Oh. Hey, you know why I love MMA so much? Because it's pretty neat. That is 100% true, but it's also because it brings us together. It, it, you know what? <laughs> violence really does bring people together. Yes, let's get back to violence. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Yeah. It's like that song. It's time for the Pretty Neat it's Podcast. Like it's like that. It's pretty amazing. Come on. Yeah. Woo. Come on. It's like that. Um, man, we were off <laughs> on our picks. <laughs> There's your intro. Boy, were we wrong. Uh, How wrong were we? This is the, this is the commercial we're writing for rough draft Kings uh, right now, man. It, uh, don't fall in love with your rough draft Kings. I just, it's here's, this is how I gamble, man. I just you lose. Have, I just you lose. Have 262 would have crushed me but yeah. that's uh i'm so happy i'm broke because i would be broke if 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 i had money so i mean do we do we just want to jump into that main card um, ufc 262 is worth jumping into i think so too so i'm going to be honest i watched basically the the entire card the undercard or the the early prelims the prelims um i saw pretty much all of it and uh hey me too Really good night of fights. Yes. Yeah, it really, really was. What did you think of uh, Valentina's sister and Andrea Lee? Wow, Andrea Lee was like a, a precursor to Dariush. Mm-hmm. I mean, just domination. Domination. And I mean, she's really good. Uh, I'm really good coming from my... my... <laughs> silly pudgy fanboy (laughs) perspective but like oh she does uh, good at the fighting (laughs) monster monster yeah loved it she had several real close submission uh attempts or or submission chances i should say on antonina and i was i was very impressed with her um i do not know i'll be honest her her grappling background uh yeah. that she had a stoppage over heather bassett at lfa four uh four uh, years rachel. ago recently rachel ostovich too she andrea lee i believe so. uh, almost six years ago yeah september in okay yeah, yeah that big that's invicta uh big john mccarthy had that fight yeah um hmm. so a little bit you know it's tough a lot of times a lot of times fighters you don't know what they're what their specialty is in and um Mm -hmm. just because someone is a black belt in jujitsu or or a multi-degree black belt in jujitsu she is a black belt in (laughs) kaiokushin and a brown belt in uh, brazilian jujitsu under helson gracie and a brown belt in judo which is kind of my secret favorite martial art um like hey what if we just clash shoulders together and then threw each other on the ground would that be cool um, <laughs> where do you think she shapes up now then after something like that like what's next for her how many miles across is the grand canyon at its longest point <laughs> i'm gonna guess wait miles 
Yeah, dude, I don't know anything about the Grand Canyon. Okay. You want to do it in it's, meters? I don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm just, it, it, big. It's big miles across. Yeah, the gap between her and Valentina <laughs> is that. Okay. If you now, it's not that she struggled. Excuse me, with Antonina, it's that if you don't, if you can't clean out your opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Then you you there's what are you gonna do with Valentina Shevchenko? What are you gonna do? You have to be it it and it, it's not again, it's not that it was close, but it was too close to make me think that she could do she could really have any chance against Valentina. Now, uh would I be interested to see her against a Jennifer Maya or a Chukagian? Maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. Valentina is just a different animal. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. It would. I'm. I'm ready to see her fight anyone I haven't seen her fight. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm. Where I'm. Where I'm at with her. Yeah, I think that's fair. What other fights did you did jump out at you? Yeah, a couple of good ones right after that one. Jordan Wright and fight. Jamie Pickett, a couple of a uh, couple of uh, uh, contender mm-hmm. series guys. Did you did you have any thoughts on that one? Jordan writes a beast mm-hmm. and uh, seemingly can't lose. He also is very, very silly looking. He kind of looks like somebody I would go to college. I would have gone to college with. That's for sure. Yep. Like this, this guy is going to be far more successful than he should be type of friend. Okay. Just kind of like he's either too dumb or too smart and you can never figure it out. Sure. And he kind of fights that way. He's the Beverly Hills ninja. He's just, he's Chris Farley, man. He's either too dumb or too smart. And I really, I want to see what happens with him. I mean, he lost to Joaquin Buckley, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. So I, I'm curious. I'm curious to see where he goes from here. And he's at middleweight. Uh, let's see him fight Sam Alvey. Hey, Jordan Wright, come on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm all for him fighting Sam Alvey. Or a good friend of the show, Sam Alvey. We can say that now. Um, we absolutely can. You know, Jordan Wright does kind of look like a guy that you, you, you know, not that you or I would, but somebody might start something with a, at the bar and then all of a sudden you're flat on your back and he's choking you unconscious and you don't know <laughs> what's going on. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because if you did the if you just showed people not that Jordan Wright's out of shape, but if you showed people a picture of Jamie Pickett and a picture of Jordan Wright and said, hey, who are the two of these two guys who wins in a fight? Nobody is picking Jordan <laughs> Wright, but like, what kind of fight is it? Like, or does it have to be a fight? Can it be perhaps a dart match or competitive Sudoku? Because then I'd give it to Jordan Wright. He looks like the guy who was president of every math club I was ever in, and yes, I was in math club. Yeah, he's he definitely is a beast on the chessboard. And hey, no mm-hmm. no shade at chess, man. Chess is a legit sport. Yeah. Um, I want to. I really want to talk about Edson Barbosa and yes. Shane Burgos. Okay. I mean, I know that there's a million other good fights. Well, so there was some some controversy with one of the judges' scorecards for the Venata Mike Grundy fight. Wasn't it? Wasn't it just uh, somebody had scored all three rounds for Grundy? Yeah. For Grundy. Yeah. So here's the thing with with fight sports judges, man. I I go all the way back to Canelo Triple G one. I know it's boxing, but it similar thing. Um, hey, those are the same judges most of a the lot time. of a lot of times they part of the fucking problem. A lot of times they are the same judges. And I'm going to look this up while we talk so that I know I have it right. 
I now I know the judge was Adelaide Bird, but whose whose husband Tony is a, a referee, I believe. Adelaide Bird had it one yeah one eighteen one ten, which is a, effectively saying Canelo won eleven mm-hmm. of twelve rounds. And anybody who watched Canelo Triple G won probably knows that Triple G won the fight. But even if he didn't, now that fight was of course famously a draw. If uh-huh. even if you said that Canelo won, he did not win eleven to one. That's silly. So every now and then you'll get one of these judges who is just watching a different fight, and I, I don't know, I don't know it's, how think- you really solve for that. Yeah, and there's so many like speculative discussions on uh, that a lot of people who know far more than I do mm-hmm. on the matter like have like thrown out like uh, you know having a panel of five judges and a video judge and offsite judging if if somebody's in control against the cage or so, something like that from a different angle it can look completely different but if they're all watching the same monitors there can be no question you know, things like that. Like, I'm just kind of ranting on it. Yeah, but spitballing for sure. I'm I'm all for just I'm all for retired fighters, but then there's like gym loyalties and things like that that I've head trauma. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about retired fighters. I think you can be a trained judge. I think the issue is so much of it is subjective like yes they have a point scoring system yeah they want to see ring mm-hmm. control they want to see cage control if you're mounted in a in an mma fight for most of the round you're probably going to win takedowns there's all these little things but fight sports combat sports Ooh. are really the only now now i i will caveat um organized single sport events are very specific. So if you go to a jujitsu tournament, if you go to a a Muay Thai tournament, if you go to a karate tournament, you have a very specific set of scoring rules, but it's still based on someone watching you do it. There's no, there's no objectiveness, right? The basketball either goes in the hoop or it doesn't. The ball either crosses the goal line or it doesn't in football. And even if it doesn't, they can watch the video and make sure. Well, we might be getting there. We might be getting there with like this, the, I think it's PFL smart cage mm-hmm. with there where they're literally measuring the velocity of punches. And like, so if they can do that, you might be able to get to a point in combat sports and the science in the ring where you can determine the amount of force that a punch had like, and where on the body that is and what organs it are. Like if we're simulating yeah. Yeah, yeah. mortal combat, right you might actually be able to put point values on the literal amount of force. But then again, the amount of force that can be absorbed is relative. Yeah. So that actually is meaningless. That's subjective too. I wouldn't be as interested in a, in a scoring system that relies on velocity of punch. No, Um, not necessarily. I just mean like impact or even impact. I think accuracy is a good, is a good one though. In boxing, they have CompuBox. And those numbers are usually pretty damn close. I mean, you don't want that yeah. to be the only deciding factor, but it, like, take it like, let's just say, as an extreme scientific example, there you and I were across from each other mm-hmm. and we couldn't move and we, we punched each other exactly in the same place on the face. And we did it at the exact same speed, everything. And like, we weigh different amounts. So you would hit me harder 
right? Yeah, also, I, assume. I train. You're taller. Also, I you train. Also, you train. Right. Uh, I don't hit anything except for um, uh, singles, craft <laughs> singles. <laughs> Uh, wow. Wait, I could say something funnier. Like uh no, nah, never mind. I'll just cut that part out. Craft <laughs> <laughs> singles come um, on the pod. Yeah. Uh sponsored by Craft Singles. This episode um, of the Pretty Neat Podcast is brought to you by Craft Singles. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure which is more plastic, the cheese or the plastic it's wrapped in. Oh man, I was about to say you're the cheesiest. Oh. Yeah. Hey, buddy Dom. Hey, you know why I love MMA so much? Because it's pretty neat. That is 100% true, but it's also because it brings us together. You know what? (laughs) Violence really does bring people together. Yes. Let's get back to violence. All right. We were saying, uh, so we punch each other in the face. Yeah. Okay. We could measure that you hit me harder. Yeah. They could be in the same spot. But what if you weren't expecting it so or if you got you knocked out head, or something or something you know? like that yeah there's yeah. A, there's definitely ways that there's no you can't really measure that right Fuck. yeah it's really hard you really just have to have people with really experienced eyes regional ju- reasonable judgment and i think maybe who could argue their case in front of a panel and that could be a commission of coaches and uh refs that are joined in some sort of and yeah and the athletes union, themselves frankly yeah absolutely yeah. like an and, athletic commission an athlete and coach commission an acc yeah. that's basically the oversight for the refs or the i don't judging. think that's i don't know terrible um i do want to talk about the refs actually i was uh with with this next fight coming up i i was not um, actually, quite a bit to talk about on these next coming fights uh, to to tie up the scoring thing. But it is it is worth mentioning because what it yeah it was in uh, an undercard fight on the main card right Venata and Mike Grundy and ultimately are either one of those guys going to be fighting for a title anytime soon? Probably not. Right? They both looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, and and yep. no shade at either of them. But what if that had happened in the main event? Yeah, it's just so frustrating. It's just really, really frustrating, especially when like you're someone like me and I'm sure a lot of fans out there who have watched it for mm-hmm. two decades and three three decades who may not train but understand and like control is a mm-hmm. really, really that 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 what is control means a lot of different things to judges to me it's uh, it's controlling the center of the octagon if you're pushing the guy against the fence you are owning the space yeah that is you are in control of the fight minus of course if you're grappling then there's grappling control obviously yep. but like i don't know if judges see control that way because well, like I if it's in barbotas on the outside he's a threat like yeah sometimes so, so sometimes. in boxing which mm-hmm. I, I maybe make too many comparisons to, but it, it's the closest thing we have that isn't MMA. Hey, um, fists hitting faces, bro. Fists rarely, faces. yeah. Rarely, you're right about that. Rarely does the guy that's going backwards look like they're winning the fight, right? And in, in, <laughs> there's something about fighting yeah. that's very primal, right? It's very, yeah. everybody can relate to it because you've at least thought about what you would mm-hmm. do. Like I can watch, 
LeBron James run up and down a court. And mm-hmm. I can, yeah, I've played basketball, but I haven't really played basketball. I haven't done what he's doing. <laughs> and and I've in no way, shape, or form done what these UFC fighters do. But yeah. if I played basketball, I'd end up like Tom Segura. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd yeah. fall. You'd be destroyed. Yep. Uh, the problem is you can sometimes look at it and say, well, okay, well, if, if you took the round timer off the screen, you took, you didn't know which round it is. I didn't even realize it was a sanctioned fight. You oftentimes are not going to think the person going backwards is winning, if that makes sense. And, yeah. and furthermore, in MMA, if you're moving, you know, Stipe, was it Verdum that he knocked out going backwards? Yeah. Hey, Conor McGregor became the, Conor most, McGregor. the highest paid athlete walking backwards uh, on Aldo. Conor McGregor, excellent counterpuncher. You could call it walking backwards. I'd call it counterpunching. Stipe was, was literally backwards. moving his feet backwards. They and were listen, both. They both were. Stipe's, I would argue, is a little more. It, it really was because Verdun, uh, like, uh, he was like literally running after him, yeah. chasing him around the eye. Yeah. And here's the thing. I love Connor and Steve is my favorite fighter of all time. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not taking a shot at him in MMA because it is so, so much controlled chaos. You, you can make the, you know, you walk, you let, you chase John Jones around. You're going to catch his elbow to your face, right? You can't, you can't do that. So you get, mm-hmm. you get him going backwards. Like, okay, fine. But if you think, take Canelo, right. And Billy Joe, People were saying mm-hmm. Billy Joe was winning that fight or was no, he wasn't winning. He was just doing better than most guys. Canelo faces until Canelo fractured his orbital bone. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. Billy Joe was not winning that fight. He, he wasn't losing as badly as some guys have looked yeah. against Canelo. He Billy Joe's a, a super talented fighter. Maybe yeah. two, maybe yeah. two, maybe three, but here's the thing. He got his orbital bone fractured. Yeah, but anybody who's winning a fight against Demetrius Johnson going into the fifth, I'm rooting against. Like right. some people just they as they get better but as the fight goes on, they're winning. What I'm saying and what I talked about last week with Canelo is he stands in the middle of the ring and he walks towards you and he mm-hmm. makes you go backwards. And in boxing, you really don't want to be going backwards. Take Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury two. Tyson Fury said, I'm going to make him go backwards. They, they call it getting him on his back foot. That's what he's talking about. Make him move backwards and fight off of his back foot. Wilder had no idea what he was doing and he, <laughs> he could not handle it. And that's, that's something that takes years and years and years to learn. So you, there is an element is I'm going to bring this all the way around. You ready? There is an element for these judges of, well, what am I seeing from two people in a cage who are fighting? Mm-hmm. who do i feel like is winning and it's not always who we feel like i've watched basically every sport since the day i was born there are times where you're watching a team that might be winning by 10 points but if you couldn't see the score you would swear swear they were losing so like yeah. it happens right but ultimately i'm an angel fan i've seen a lot of games where we're up and it seems like we should be losing um yeah ultimately you don't want to have such a big discrepancy. And this is why they step out when they do. And there, there has to be a better way to do it. You can argue decisions, right? You can argue yeah. sp- split decisions or draws or, or some forms of no contest, even though I don't necessarily always agree. You know, we <laughs> had three, but th- so, right. So, and then you get into a fight we'll talk about in a minute. You, you have, a judge who sees Grundy is winning all three rounds. And then you have Darius, Tony Ferguson and Darius very clearly won all three rounds. 
So mm-hmm. it's not like they get it wrong all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, just it's, it's just like it seems like some of these some of them have like I would rather have a judge who has a well-rounded understanding of boxing, jujitsu, wrestling, or MMA as a whole. But it seems like some of them know boxing and don't know anything about grappling and don't know right. anything about jujitsu. Right. But know about wrestling. So the guy on top is clearly winning, but not if it's Charles Oliveira on the bottom. Right. Like it's not spread across the disciplines aren't spread across the judges, in my opinion. Um, And maybe maybe they should have MMA specific and not be borrowing boxing. Yeah, maybe maybe so. And have them go and at least observe a grappling tournament, Mm -hmm. a judo tournament, you know, have them go see some of this other stuff and really see. And maybe they do that. And we just don't know because we're two jackasses. It's definitely possible. Let's. Let's let's move on if that's okay. I gotta ask of you, course. Andre Muniz and Jacare Souza. <laughs> well, his arm broke. His arm broke. Yeah, he's a tough motherfucker. Yeah, the the toughest. Did you see the X-ray? I mean, he's broken his arm already. Like, <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you a short story, right? Okay. I was I was sitting on my couch. The, the fight was on the screen and I was reading a book. And I was listening to the commentary and, and glancing. Oh, you, know. you poor thing. <laughs> and I heard it. I swear <laughs> <Yep>. to you. <laughs> oh, no, when it happened, <laughs> I heard it. Oh, God. And I looked up, but they were still fighting. The fight was still uh-huh. going on. And I was like, oh, OK, maybe. I don't know, whatever this is, you know, houses, and then the, the, and then the, the ground shifts and the, yeah. <laughs> and then they stop. And then I'm thinking to myself, there's no way I heard it. And then of course they show the replays and you can hear it. And Oh man, man, yeah. it was, uh, what's funny is I have a, a story also and, and it involves, uh, you know, when we were, I was watching Weidman with my wife uh-huh. and uh, so that happened and I saw it. And she saw me saw it. She saw me see it. Yeah. So like she saw me freak out and look up. So this occasion I was at a buddy's house and his girlfriend was there and she saw it and I did not. So I heard it and she like flinched and looked up at me and was just like, holy shit, he broke his arm. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I was shouting Tim Sylvia part two, Tim Sylvia part two. (laughs) I think, uh, I think there's an argument for, I mean, I, I guess you, you got, if, if, listen, if the UFC wants to pay these guys or PFL or Bellator or whoever wants to pay these guys and the guy wants to do it, but at some point, a couple of these guys are, are just a little bit past their prime and a little, I mean, what was Anderson Silva really doing in a cage just recently? Right? Like, come on. Yeah. And, and he officially retired this week. We didn't he, even say anything. Yeah, he did. But why didn't we say anything? Because so rarely do you, <laughs> do you go out on your own terms, right? Yeah. yeah. So rarely. And GSP is a good example, right? He came back and fought Bisping three weeks after Bisping had fought somebody else, choked him out. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. GSP, listen, these people who, who, oh, GSP Kamaru, like, you know what Kamara would do to GSP right now? Oh, 
come on i i would and, not have hoped for gsp and that might be one of the first times i can say that honestly and gsp knows exactly what kamaru would do to him yeah kamaru seems like the type of guy who's simply too respectful to take that fight so let's just stop gsp went out why on his GSP, own terms why would gsp lose that because like i could see him why i mean well i mean i think that you know uzman would overbear and overpower i think that that kind of yeah. goes i think that's pretty clear but would he really be able just to hold him up against the cage? Would GSP's takedown defense, uh, takedown defense and offense just be that crippled? Do you think he's just that old? I do. You do? I do. Yeah. I think that he, you, you know, Kamaru is, he, he's so, so skilled. I mean, we, we talked so much about him on our debut episode yeah. and, he might he's, be the next goat. He he really he he's really in the be. conversation. I mean, if he was yeah. 28, we'd really be having a conversation, right? But I think he's 33. Fighters don't live well, nobody lives forever, but they don't yeah. last forever. It's not a long career that they typically have. So hey, we might be having the GOAT conversation in a couple of years about Charlie Duchamp, man. Seriously. Not Charlie we'll DeBronx anymore. We'll get there. We'll get there. I know. I'm not segueing. I'm just excited. I'm excited. And I know that we both picked Chandler. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll get balls. there. Hang okay. on. We'll get Sorry. there. I get excited. So, because we got two other pretty good <laughs> fights just, to talk about before really that. It's neat. It's just really it neat. It is pretty neat. Okay. Uh, what do we got? So, Kamaru starts as GSP. Let's, we'll just end it there. So yeah, yeah. Edson Barbosa and Shane Burgos. Man, I thought he died. I legitimately thought his heart what stopped. What a weird... Well, his brain stopped. Yeah. <laughs> this is 100% true. Yes. It was weird. It was, yeah. it was, it was honestly quite scary to watch. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, I mean, I've seen, I mean, there's clearly been wobbly legs and rubber legs. People look like they think the ground is moving underneath them, of course. Yeah. Uh, but he what he was KO'd, like, which is, I'm going to add a sound effect and say KO'd. That's the one that had the sound effect, by the way. Okay. But he like, he, I thought his heart, he reminded me of all the sob stories of basketball players who play a game and have a heart and their heart goes out. On yeah. The court, yeah. You know? Yeah. Or a guy collapses or during players. a two a day in football soccer, or soccer. Yeah, soccer, absolutely. It happens, you know, yep. athletes die of heart attacks. Yep. And then it reminded me of Dan Hardy, like Dan Hardy had the heart condition. And uh -huh. like when, when he announced his heart condition, I was like, he, he's one of my favorite fighters. Shout out to Dan Hardy. Come on the pretty neat podcast. That's... I think you're pretty neat, but I fucking respect your distance. My That's friend, right. the outlaw man. And, uh, but dude, when, when he announced his heart condition, I thought, get the hell out. Like, yeah. do not know, not a chance. And so when that happened to Shane and I'm not the biggest Shane fan in terms of, I, I don't know. I haven't followed his career. I'm a fan of his mm -hmm. fighting clearly now, especially he, he put it to Barboza despite getting, <laughs> despite getting dismantled. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, I thought his heart gave out. I literally thought he was fine and his heart stopped a couple of minutes or moments prior and he was the blood stopped going to his brain and he was dead. See, I'm I'm less worried about the heart in those moments as I am about the brain. And this is kind of what I want to talk about with these referees. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the referee for that fight was uh Mike Beltran. And 
listen, probably one of the best to have in there in that situation, by the way. Maybe. But I just recently have really struggled. And I should probably have done a better job charting these, I'll be honest. But a lot of these fights are like the guy goes down and the referee's like, well, hit him in the head six times just to make sure, like really sure. And it's like, <laughs> and it even happened in the Jordan Wright, Jamie Pickett fight with Carrie Hatley, who I thought had a really rough night as a referee. Um, yeah. Well, this is why I think something, a topic I've wanted to bring up with you many times is I like PFL's ref cam because it could be that they're just in the wrong spot and we're, and we're being fanboys assholes talking about it after the fact. Right. Yeah. 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 Maybe. But here's the problem. Uh, Mike Beltran experienced referee, right? Uh-huh. If anybody who's watched the UFC fight has seen him, even if you don't know his name. Yeah. Just picture the dad from how to train your dragon. Yeah. Just that's got right. that beard tied down. That to his magnificent crush. beard. Magnificent. He Burgos is standing in there with his hands up, and then he very clearly. Yeah, listen, I've been drunk at a lot of bars. I know what somebody who can't get their feet under them looks like. Yeah, he stumbles backwards and falls down, and his hands were at his sides. Yeah, when he and fell. Barbosa, who I think is a gentleman, did not level him a couple of times like some fighters would have. Uh, shout out Paulo Costa. He <laughs> or or Husamar Pajares. Yeah. He, yeah, you've got to hammer fist him. You're taught to let the referee yeah. stop it. Uh, I get that. I don't blame the fighter. Mike Beltran, where are you, man? Get in there. He just yeah. stumbled backwards and fell down. The fight is over. Yeah. It's over. And this is one of the areas where I think boxing has a better system. The referee, and sometimes boxing gets in trouble for early stoppages. I say better early than late. Frankly, the, yeah. the before this one, the Jordan Wright, Jamie, Jamie Pickett fighter, two fights before, is Carrie Hatley, who also had a rough go in the Bonterine yeah. Chanel fight. We'll get there. Yep. Jamie Pickett was on all fours with his hands on 100. his head while yep. Jordan Wright hit him. Yeah. Listen, go to one jujitsu class, go to one boxing class, go to one Muay Thai class. They literally will never teach you to get on all fours and cover your hands with your head. <laughs> this isn't fucking kindergarten. <laughs> get under a desk earthquake in case drills. of an earthquake or the, the fucking 1940s <laughs> nuclear bomb is going to go off. <laughs> fucking flash, right? No. You... <sighs> If, if the instant the referee is concerned that the fighter can't protect themselves, it has to be over. Sure. It has to be. And that's yeah. my issue with Mike Beltron. And so, so then, so yeah, Edson Barbosa looks pretty good, right? Knocks out Shane Burgos. Yeah. Then we get to my guy, Kerry Hatley. What do you think? Chukagian Arujao? Hey, we, we talked about how there's, a f- like a 5,000 foot wall to the top. Yes. And like at the base of that wall is Caitlin. And then there's another 5,000 foot wall. Mm-hmm. It seems to everybody else now. Is that just me? Or does it feel like Caitlin is like the only person you put up with Amanda who's a real threat and nobody's a real threat to her? No, so Caitlin herself in one of the the promo uh, sort of outlets they had 
or or maybe it was on uh, embedded, which again was fantastic for this week. Um, Caitlin said, "I've kind of been the person a lot of people have beat to get to Valentina, and I'm done with that." Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think I said Amanda before. My bad. Well, I mean, it may as well be right. <laughs> um, sure. The here's the deal. I really don't You're know. You're gonna that... die. You're gonna die. Do you want a bullet or a lion? <laughs> well, well, yeah. Frankly, you are. And mm-hmm. I'll take the... a rose. Yeah, well, at yeah. least she'll put me to sleep. <laughs> so Vivian was number seven, and uh-huh. Caitlin number two going into this fight. I would yes. imagine Caitlin actually probably won't move up because Jessica Andrade is still there, or or even if they flip flop. I... Yeah, they'll probably flip. And but let's let's say they do. Okay, great. Caitlin's number number the number one contender. Yeah, I guess you give her a shot at Valentina. They haven't fought, have they? Um, I believe that yeah, they fought recently. Oh yeah, yeah they yeah, sure they, did. Uh well, 247 Jones Reyes, February okay. of last year. Yeah, it was a while ago. But, but you know she what? also lost to it. She no, she did lose to Andrage, and Andrage she did. Andrage did lose, just lose though. So I, I don't know. Would they? They might flip. Uh, do you think they fight for top contender now? And yeah, I while think Valentina fights whoever she wants. I don't yeah, know if she's I do. Booked. I do. I I think they they go. They fight for a rematch. I do, and then the winner gets gets Valentina, and cool. and then Valentina disposes of them, and then you you try to figure out a way to get her in there with Amanda. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I would like to see them maybe convince Zhang to, to fight the bullet, to move up. Uh, I think, uh, I mm-hmm. think that's the way to go. I think that let Rose, what is stay. it? 10, pa- 10 pounds. Yes. Yeah, There's straw weight right now. Whaley and, uh-huh. and Rose. I think that I don't think that she will beat Rose is in my opinion. Who um, Zhang? Zhang, yeah, I don't think that was a fluke. I think Rose has her number, just like Joanna. And I think that still has Joanna's, too. I don't think Joanna has a shot down there, either. Not saying Joanna should move up, but I would like to see Zhang challenge. Zhang seems to have the body, the the frame for it. They're like counter forces. They like literally, they're both like bred to be weapons. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would love to see those two go at it. If that would be a that'd be a nice super fight, in my opinion. Shevchenko almost and a, almost and a Zhang? super fight. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's that that would be the fight I would make. Yeah, and and you know what? Shout out the UFC because fight <laughs> night this coming week, Cody Garbrandt. I mean, right? they just what a stable they've and and just a, a calendar they've been able to put together it has really been. Incredible I mean, year. it's it's nice. nothing short yeah. of pretty so neat. you've got yeah it's it's nothing short of pretty neat. So you've got Cody Garbrandt and Rob Font, and then under that, Carla Sparza, who I was actually going to mention, um, is fighting, and I'm gonna fuck this up. Yan Zhaonan. Yeah, yeah, and I think so yeah, and so what's interesting about that is. That is the the three and four ranking underneath Rose. And so if, if Zhang's gonna Zhang Wei Li is gonna go up, we you and I have just decided and fight Valentina. Uh-huh. I don't know where Joanna's well, I, at. I but... am an owner of Endeavor stock, so I'm part of a UFC as a, I'm gonna use my my power. Okay. 
my one-time veto, and I think this will be the thing I request when I have my one-on-one with Dana. I like it. Cool. I'm glad we're on board. Yeah. So that matchup. Carla Esparza and Jaunan. Now, he, th- okay, so that's 3-4 in women's strawweight. Yeah, Joanna's there, so you then you say, okay, Carla beat Jan or Jan beat Carla. Now one of them fights Joanna. Then the winner of that fights Rose. You could you could work it out that way. Yeah. If if Jean can go over and fight Valentina, which I'm sure some some people at the UFC have at least talked to her about, because why why wouldn't that be something you talk about? Because there's nobody in the flyweight division that can beat Valentina. It 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 doesn't exist. Nope, it doesn't. It doesn't. Not right now. And, and I think, and I think that that's why Jean would be a fun. Uh, I think that going, I mean, moving up uh, obviously would be hard. Anytime you move up, uh, Israel Adesanya taught everyone why moving up is so hard. And and all due respect, would, I think a little harder for well. women. And probably, yeah, oh yeah, probably much harder for women. But I think she would do pretty well. I mm-hmm. think that that would be a really really fun fight. Well, there's nobody else in flyweight for her. Yeah. I guess maybe Chukagian has earned a shot, but I mean, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it's next. It's a good problem to have when you have this yeah. many dominant champions. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the next one. Yeah, Bonturin so and Schnell. So I don't really have an issue with this fight or the decision, except for Schnell's mouth guard fell out, and Carrie Hatley was like, "What? What's a mouth guard?" <laughs> yeah, like, that hey, happened. Hey, Carrie Hatley. Hey, what are you well, doing, man? And we both pick and we both picked Schnell. We did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was a rough week. A, a rough week for us. I gotta tell you, I had a mm-hmm. pof- possible 15 points each. Five and two. This was <laughs> this was a this is a week. But I'm gonna give us a pass on this one because there was a lot of real this was like a coin flippers wet dream of a card listen you're you're not wrong about that other than maybe the two the co-main and the main event if you were certain okay. if you were certain that rogerio bontarine was going to be matt schnell the fuck out of here like no okay. you weren't come on <laughs> fair enough fair enough i agree i agree so with you. so with yeah. with that in mind for as good of well for as good of fights as they as they were and are and and were well made and enjoyable don't get me wrong again nobody had that strong of an opinion on that fight or even really chukagian and arujao or barboza and shane burgos i would argue maybe i did have a strong opinion on edson barboza and obviously i was wrong but yeah yeah that, I got, that's I got, not really i will i won't hold that over you for long because uh i'm usually the wrong one in this equation you are far better <sighs> at your at your picks than i am i, I don't mean, i'm i don't know if that's true we'll, we'll have to in recap the at the end that of the I've year known you in the decade that i have known you, your picks have been so if i had paid attention to you i would be an analyst or a better i think guy now <laughs> i think the issue is what i've what i've gathered because for our listeners it was commonplace for us to send each other our picks for every single fight right like We're not saying this out of turn. I think the thing I saw you doing a lot was kind of trying to pick the underdog. Oh, I'm an underdog picker. I will, I will wear that. And you know, I'm not even going to say I'm the underdog picker because I'm not an underdog picker per se. Uh I am a character picker or a fanboy picker. Like 
I will bet on who I want to win as opposed to who I think will win most of the time. And it's just an unfortunate thing about my character beforehand. The thing about me that I've been told by anyone who's watched fights with me, which A, they don't after they watch fights with me because I'm annoying, is that I, I can analyze in the moment because of watching boxing with my dad growing up. Like we would always spar and watch at the same time. Like that's what we would do. We would, he would say like, okay, let's practice that combo. And that's what he, that's what we would do. You know, who was, who was his guy? My dad's guy. Yeah. Oh, in gosh, boxing. he was a Tyson fan. I was, I, I mean, was, I, well, he's from that generation, right? hundred percent that generation. I mean, Tyson was Tyson's the champs now for me, you know, I'm in my mid thirties mm-hmm. and, and, you know, some of these kids, uh, you know, even Charlie olives is 28. I think he's got a really bright future. He's a kid mm-hmm. to me. Um, and Tyson was that age range for my, for my, well, dad. Michael Chandler's nickname is iron Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm um, sure that I'm going to get my dad into iron Mike. That's for sure. Well, but iron Mike, iron Mike Tyson. I don't know. If you... uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'll use that as a, as a link for him. Because he's now old and he needs those things. Shout out, come on the pod. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna beep that so nobody looks yeah, him up. Yeah, absolutely. Please do, <laughs> but come on the podcast anyway. Did I get? I got his first name right, right? <laughs> yeah, you did. That's yeah. Mister to me. Oh no, it's Doctor to you. Do- yeah, that's it is Doctor. Yeah, and he will and he will make it. <laughs> well, make we're it known. <laughs> we're talking about a man who I I personally witnessed stick his head up to the to a very pregnant waitress and say i'm gonna listen to your baby's heartbeat and it's okay because i'm a doctor <laughs> it's 100 percent a true story i hope that got a laugh um, oh, oh that sounds exactly like something he would do and the thing is is that he i mean this is a guy who took the hippocratic oath so seriously that he genuinely would sit there and be like that's a healthy baby you should feel very very lucky <laughs> and uh, make sure you have more vitamin D. You is know, it a... that's, that's what he would do. That's like that's what he would do. He's the he's the man. Anyway, is it a boy or a girl? Well, it isn't breathing. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Oh wow, what a day. Yeah, beef that too. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's let's Speaking get into taking... the two to the two main fights. <laughs> Speaking of it not being alive anymore. Uh huh. Um, I love Tony. Um. But lightweight might, uh, I think lightweight is done with Tony. What do you think? Well, this is kind of what I said last week. And then I picked yeah, him anyway. Did. Yeah, um, me too. We both said it. This was going to be the we'll see. Well, yeah, yeah. And we, and we saw. If you tuned into Embedded all week, um, mm-hmm. Tony... He he had the look of someone who seemed to have figured something out. But I'm going to be honest with you, and and there's if you get this, I'm going to be very impressed. Do you know the last time I really actually know the second to last time I thought a fighter really had something figured out when I was watching Embedded? The most recent time was Stipe uh, Daniel Cormier two. Uh, mm-hmm. During Embedded, there was a scene where they were sitting in the hotel lobby. This is like the most UFC fan nerd reference that I'm about to make. But 
there was a scene where Cormier was sitting in the hotel lobby and Stipe walked by and shook his hand. This is before their second fight, not the third one. Sure. And Stipe, you know, a, a true gentleman, Stipe, come on the Pretty Neat Podcast. Uh, they, he says, hey, Daniel, shakes his hand. He gets in the elevator. Cormier comes back over to the people he's sitting with, or maybe he goes up to his room and he's talking to his team and he says, hey, I saw Stipe in the lobby. His hands feel strong. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh, well, we'll put the house on Stipe. Put the house. This, this is Tuesday. Okay. And Cormier is saying that. Put the house on Stipe. Because Daniel Cormier is saying, hey, I shook Stipe's hand. He feels strong. And if you watch Stipe in that hole embedded and listen to everything he said coming into the fight camp, he was basically saying what happened Daniel the first Cormier time. is not going to throw me around. What happened the first time was luck. Yeah. <laughs> And then if you remember, man, Stipe Cormier 2 was a really good fight because it was Daniel. And I, listen, I, I go back and forth on Daniel Cormier. He picked him up and body slammed him. Stipe figured out, oh, you don't really like liver shots. So and you, you don't seem to see this left hook coming. So here it is over and fucking over yep. again. Mm-hmm. I loved that fight. And then and then Stipe mm-hmm. really beat the shit out of him the third time. Yep. So in watching embedded this week watch there was a lot of stuff on Benil. there was a lot of stuff on tony and i probably misread it because Benil. i mean on the sunday he was riding around in a horse-drawn carriage in houston with his wife that's not a guy who thinks he's going to lose and yeah tony tony was doing a lot of work to explain to everyone why he had figured out why the losing was happening and that he was going to be better and it yeah you know maybe he did figure out why he was losing but he did not figure out how to fix it you know and and i mean maybe i think i think that maybe even like he found a belief in himself which is great like he that's great that he found a belief in himself and i think evidence of that was like you know he called his coaches and chuck liddell came out to show they believe in him too sure and it was kind of his moment to like get called up to like he found himself, but he's, he, his streak was 12 fights and over six years, you know, it's six years. The game evolved. People, people in the division figured him out maybe. And, and that's, that's the end of him. The division, I think he could move up. I don't think there'd be anything wrong with him moving him up, move up to welterweight. See what happens. Unless he wants to just leave the UFC. I don't what, think he should. What is that that you're saying? Ferguson. And who's he going to fight at welterweight? Don't care. Put him at the bottom, unranked. Hey, hey, okay. You know what? I'll give you one. George. Sure. Let's see him fight George. St. Pierre? No, 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 no. Masvidal. <laughs> Masvidal. Yeah. Ooh. What? Ooh. Oh, see? Oh. That's a hell of a combing. Oh. And do you know what I think happens? It's that- one of the best shit-talking uh, expedi- exhibitions leading up to oh the fight. Oh my god! And then this I think that Jorge one. knocks his head off. I really do. I do too. You know, I think the same thing. Tony Ferguson needs to move up, and Jorge has a new opponent. Especially because the Diaz brothers are busy. Yep. And Usman's not taking him. Wonder Boy's and, busy. And Wonder Boy's busy, and like he's not going to fight Tyron, or you know, like it's no that 
that is a good that's the match okay i'm gonna ask the pretty neat podcast listeners yep a huge favor all, all 10 of you you need to spread our podcast around if that fight happens now at first there could be a little bit of style bender going up to light heavyweight and how bad okay. he looked tony is not a not a huge guy just the structure of his body um, and I think it was DC, but it might have been the fourth chair they had, who was a guy I wasn't mm-hmm. Din something. Din Thomas, yeah. Din Thomas, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Din. Sure, me too. Din Thomas, come on the Pretty Neat Podcast. He, I, it was either him or DC who said that when you're a guy like Tony Ferguson and sort of the unorthodox, the unexpected, the sort of herky-jerk, kind of weird you never really know what's coming from where style of fighting. Sure. The problem is it works until it doesn't. And then now you could say that about everything, but you can't really say that about everything because Francis's power works all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I I think of it like, you know, if, if Tony was a, you, the way the herky jerk, like you described reminds me of dancing fire and mm -hmm. Dariush was a fire blanket. You just yeah. smother it. Yeah. Put him out. And, you know, and Francis Ngannou is a, is a, is a dump truck of water. That's <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and, and Tony black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh-huh. So it's not, but it's not a grappling tournament. Yep. Right. It's not a Jiu Jitsu tournament. And, and some of the, yeah, he has incredible cardio. He's, he doesn't get tired. He, all of the, the accolades you could throw at him, but he yeah. i mean he's it's it not that like he's he losing know. he's it, it not looks like he doesn't know why he's there like he he's kind of just like all right time for the fight well no you know what it really looks like to me i hate i don't mean to just like flagrantly correct you but you no, see this correct me sir i think I, you know i'm here to learn you are the teacher my you friend. see this in boxing you see this in baseball they call it the yips all of a sudden the second baseman can't throw the ball to first you familiar with this no yeah so this is a thing that even happens in the major leagues there will be like four days where a really solid everyday major league second baseman suddenly has all kinds of trouble just making the routine throw to first and they'll say like i have no idea this has always worked literally my whole life i can't figure it out deontay wilder good example the right he didn't have to learn the fundamentals of boxing the way that his opponents did not that he didn't learn Mm -hmm. them he did the way that he didn't have to have the elite sort of minutiae of boxing training that a guy like that a guy like tyson fury or even luis ortiz who's maybe a better example right if you watch either of tyson fury's fights with luis ortiz what you saw was a much better boxer in luis ortiz Mm -hmm. but a guy with power that is like a semi truck driving into a fucking nitroglycerin plant yeah eventually so, they get figured out uh, well eventually the or, pa- or <laughs> there's a force strong enough. well that rocket is going to hit you mm-hmm. eventually you can only stay out of the way of that rocket for so long now tyson fury figured him out twice but that's but that's kind of the the thing right and so mike tyson is a real good example of this too the knockouts tyson yeah. was was more yeah was more sort of technically skilled than Deontay Wilder. But the same idea is as soon as the main thing for him stopped working, he didn't know Uh what to do. And this is kind of what I see with Tony is Tony's like this, this bullshit that I throw has always worked. Yeah. 
and I don't know what to do when it doesn't. Yep. Yep. You're totally right. And, and I'm now here's the thing. That's not an original thought. Either DC or Din Thomas said that. Yeah. No, I've heard comparable things. The, I think it's accurate in this case. And, and I do too. Unfortunately for Tony, assuming he doesn't move over to welterweight, but realistically, even if he does, where does he go? You're going to put him in there with Connor, who's going to figure it out. You're going to put him in there with Benil, who just figured him out. Or, or okay, so you're going to put him in there with Dustin Poirier hey, Connor, or Justin Connor, Gaethje or Charles Oliveira. Who, you know, if Connor loses, that's a big, like, if Connor, I don't see Connor fighting Tony at all. Like, even if Connor lost, Connor wouldn't fight again unless he needed money. And, but what, I, well, he obviously doesn't need money. But what I'm saying doesn't. is, what I'm saying is, where does Tony go? Because there's not enough, there's not a big enough name on here for, for a guy who isn't just going to fucking beat the shit out of him. Diego Sanchez in another organization. <laughs> Maybe he goes to the school of self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I really, really don't know. I just, I feel for him because I'm a Tony fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, you know, I just want the best for him. I think a move up will be some relaxation off that weight cut, preparing for bigger, fast or bigger, stronger opponents. Um, a completely new field of opponents. What if he goes down and fights Max Holloway? Uh, he would look terrible down another 10 pounds. He already looks awful at Wayne's. I don't think I could handle that. I don't think he even made championship weight for any fight except for his, except for mm-hmm. his interim belt. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's, a, I think he's always been 146. All right, fine. Put him in there with Jorge. Yeah, I like Jorge. I think Jorge's the move. Let's talk about the main. Well, right. actually, first, first, Benil. Benil, I hope he gets his Tesla. That's funny. Um, I heard well, that that's going to happen. No, but who else calls out Marxism and Elon Musk in the same post-fight interview? Yeah, not since that. Uh, not since that kid who gets the twister every time he fights Bryce Mitchell. That's right. <laughs> and no, and- that's. And Colby Covington, I guess. No, yeah, right. No, that was a great, great call out. He sure hilarious. was. Man, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to see him fight Gaethje. I'd like to see him to fight Gaethje for a top contender. It goes without saying Dustin Connor is top contender. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins that is going to fight Olives and or DeBronx or Charles. Or Charles Oliveira. I'll just say all of it so everyone knows who I'm talking about. But yeah, I think uh, I think he he's in a contender spot, and I so think he would be cool. Hey, lightweight lightweight is exciting, and you know what? You know what else is nice? And when I say lightweight is exciting, mm-hmm. is that it's exciting now, not because it's complicated. It's exciting because it's complex. Like there's there's not like. Oh, well, we have to wait for this time. And, and right. Beeb is this. And then, there, you know, there's Ramadan. Like, think there's no Ramadan to worry about anymore. Yep. And like, you know, there's just like, um, there's a lot of weight lifted off of it. Now it's like mixing and matching all of the contenders. And it's, and a lot of them have faced each other. And a lot of them haven't. Mm-hmm. It's it's fantastic time. To and, be a and a lot fan. of them, you know, in the case of Connor and, and Dustin, they're one mm-hmm. and one now, right? What about Benil and Chandler? Well, so I think what you do, what I do is I set up a bracket and it's Dustin okay. and Connor in one and it's okay. 
it's uh, Michael Chandler and Benil Dariush in the other. And then the winner of those two fights fights each other and gets uh, Oliveira. That's okay. what I think. And now, I, Benil has to be in that at this point. But what do you do with Justin Gaethje? Maybe you add a third bracket and throw Gaethje and a guy I like... Th- I think you throw Gaethje at Charles in the meantime. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. Because, you know, give him a shot at the belt too, because his shot was at Khabib. And I mean, hey, who's a lot of people whose shot? Gaethje's. Yeah. Yeah, Well, he lost to him, but all right. And he, and he lost. And you know, that happens. That happens. You don't Mm -hmm. necessarily get to fight for the belt after you lose, but Connor has not just saying that. Um, But what I'm, uh, what I'm getting at is that, um, uh connor and dustin's june july so we've got a long time until that happens so earliest we might see that fight um with uh maybe uh dustin or connor for the belt would be in the holidays yeah so I think well i mean july is eight fight. weeks away man it's it's not that far away yeah so maybe charles oliver fights in august against AG. yeah maybe AG. maybe and then um, that sets up the next fight because then you can put Gaethje against the winner of Dustin and Connor as well, mm-hmm. and that would be an entertaining fight. Because, and you've still got Benil and Michael Chandler in there. Yep, and they could also be backups for anything yep. because they're all deserving, and everybody could be backups for anything in any of these fights. Yeah, and as we've seen, they've done a good job of they're not afraid to put two high profile lightweight fights on the same card right next to each other. Nope. And that's another benefit the UFC has from, from handling sort of everything in house. Right. I I just, yeah, they just, they, their, their business model for getting this stuff out and producing is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They've they've really, they've really figured it out. So, so, Benil, yeah, I, I guess I, I'm interested to see how he does against a guy who's one step up. That's what I, that's what I'll say. Yeah. I want to see him against a Gaethje, a Poirier. Um, I'd like to see him against Michael Chandler. Frankly, I would too. Yeah, and that 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 might be the fight. Yeah, that might be the fight, especially after today. And those two would that would be a war. That mm-hmm. would be a very very interesting fight. I would I would be very excited to see that. Michael Chandler, though. Mm-hmm. I was wow. I want to move into this main event. Is that okay with you? Yeah, of course. Well, I the first few minutes, I gotta say, Chandler was looking good. Well, there was it was a little bit of For, back and forth, right? Because uh-huh. He he, he ended won it on up two judges' cards. In the first round? Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think you give him the first round, but remember he picked up Oliveira and slammed him. That and, was his mistake kind of, but then Oliveira had his back. And I think it was DC said, you don't want to let these jujitsu guys get started because once they get started, it's too late. And you could yeah. see Oliveira had that body lock in there, that body triangle. He had, yeah. they did. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really incredible high level hand fighting. Like the way they mm-hmm. were moving each other's hands oh, around yeah. was, was incredible. Very, Great very high watch. level. Yeah. Yeah. Very entertaining to watch. And Michael Chandler did an excellent job of getting out of that, even giving Oliveira yeah. his back at one point. And then I think we saw the power that Michael Chandler really has because uh-huh. he had Oliveira in trouble in that first round. And there was that moment where he, he did 
he gave Oliveira a chance to kind of stay on the ground and he engaged and he, from the top. Yep. That's probably he where he lost him the up. fight. He needed, he, he needed to let him up. Probably should have stood him up. And I think Chandler would say that if, if, if he said it and I haven't heard it, that's because yeah, if he hasn't said it, it's because he hasn't watched it. And if he hasn't yeah. said it and he has watched it, he hasn't watched it again. <laughs> because striking very clearly he had the advantage even though he's shorter which really stood out to me and does not have the reach that man has very serious power his extension though that his he he may not have that reach but he can extend he can push off and and he can i mean he did it to dan hooker too yeah and and i mean for me it showed that he I mean, A, I think he will be a champion. Yes. I think that he yes, will be. I think so, too. And I think he will be for a long time, too, when he is. I think he'll have a, a good reign. But I think Olives might as well. And I think Chandler also showed that if there's one thing that you need in MMA, it is constant vigilance. <laughs> um, he Don't get all moody after something yeah, like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Wow. But I got to say like the fact that he Don't. he he pushes <laughs> forward, he pushes yeah. forward so hard. And he I thought he was going to win and up until it went on the ground and then after that slam like you said, nope, I thought it was I thought he was done yep. and it was over and it was submission round 1. Well, and he but he they were almost still dry had, and everything. He almost had Oliveira submitted himself. He had uh-huh. that. He had that the guillotine uh, the gui- yes thank you no guillotine I, I, yeah he had the uh-huh. guillotine in there tight yeah 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 but man round two that's where that reach came in because that 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 yeah. was accuracy right there well and that's what makes lightweight so exciting is they're big enough that that one punch can change the game and and mm-hmm. frankly I, i'm gonna and this is dan mergliata but michael chandler was on the ground on all fours and he let Oliveira hit him five more times. Yeah, he did. He got hit. You've got to get um, in there. You have. Yeah. What are you? What are you waiting for? He's not defending himself. But I'm going to let that go. I did my reference already. You know, I, I also yeah. Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler both all class after that fight. All class. Mm-hmm. True yeah, she- respect for each other. Did you see the videos of Oliveira arriving in Sao Paulo today? No. Oh, beautiful. He's, I mean, he's on a fire truck with the flag and a belt, loud music, party in the streets, man. It's beautiful. It reminded me of Nganu when he went to Cameroon. Like, it's just like going home and they're in front of his gym. So mm-hmm. obviously it's hometown. And I mean, the same thing would happen to either of us um, if we were coming home with the belt. Yeah, except we have, sure. Except I have no friends. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what would happen. Um, <laughs> I love the shit out of my friends. I got a lot. They'd all come. That's. Uh, yeah yeah I, yeah it's so we we kind of already talked a little bit about what might be next for uh-huh. Oliveira, um maybe maybe gaichi or 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 what happens with connor and dustin i think it's got to be connor or dustin next and i i just hope that they don't shelve him until that happens especially because nothing anything can happen mm-hmm. well anything can happen in the fight you know connor gets knocked out dustin gets knocked out whatever yeah, injury anything can happen it could just suck 
I mean, so. how many times did we not see Tony and Khabib when that's what everyone yeah, wanted to see? Yeah. And but then again, like we said, it's complex. So. It's very complex, but the UFC likes to keep their champions busy. They want their champions to defend their their belts. And hell yeah, you have Poirier and and Connor happening already. Michael Chandler wants to fight again. You put him in there with a guy like Benil Dariush. You have yeah. that perfect stopgap, so to speak, for Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. Now the real the real wrench is if Gaethje wins. Yeah, which he and certainly you know, he certainly could. I mean, he might even be favored in that fight. He's the more public name. Yeah, yeah. I I I think that that would be fun to be quite frank. And he was yeah. the interim champ. Hey, let him have the real one. Yep. I'm all for a Gaethje champ. Um, so so for it. He's 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 entertaining to watch. Yep. <laughs> uh okay do you have any any wrap-up thoughts on ufc 262 i do i have one and it's going to lead into a quick game that i have with you does that sound good with you do you like games is it about who was sitting cage side (laughs) yeah it is a little all right let's let's do it (laughs) okay i gotta send you something you might want all right, because um, this is going to be partially. Well, we'll see. I want to ask what you want to do, but I'm sending this to you. Just, um, just hit me with it. Cool. Um, in case you didn't know, Derek Lewis, I did, w- was there in attendance, being a Houston native, and I also uh, being in Texas. Shout out, Derek Lewis. Come on the Pretty Neat Podcast. Um, <laughs> Actually, I we, heard you on Joe Rogan. Don't come on the Pretty Neat Podcast. Oh, I would have him on. No problem. I don't of course care. we would. Of course we would. <laughs> um, but he said uh, he, he, he broke into a presser and mm-hmm. um, he said that somebody was talking a lot of crap in the gym uh, uh, about him and yep. that he didn't really have any interest in Nganu. He just said Nganu makes him look fat. And that's, uh, that's why he hates Nganu. Which is but why everyone person, loves Derek Lewis which is why everyone loves Derek Lewis hundred percent. But he said that somebody in his gym has been talking shit and he needs to fight them. And, and, who, and person, who is that person? This person is UFC straw weight, Lauren Murphy. <laughs> okay. So Lauren, I think she's a straw weight. I could be wrong. She might be a, a bantam weight. Um, okay. But Lauren Murphy and, and uh, Derek Lewis are friends. Um, and they like tour a little bit together in Texas. Like they'll do watch parties and stuff at, at bars and things like that. Okay. Promotions. So they're friends. But um, Derek Lewis is 265 pounds. Yeah. And Lauren yeah. Murphy is not. She, no. Um, now we could argue that Lauren could be scrappy enough to win this fight. No, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> then we're not going to do that. Cause we need to handicap. Oh, this fight. Okay. Okay. So I would like to now do a super duper handicapper of Derek Lewis versus Lauren Murphy. I'm all about it. Okay. Tell the people how the handicapper super duper fight works. 
Yes, the handicapper super duper fight, the super duper handicapper fight. Rearrange those orders of those words and it works. Um, here's how it works. We're going to do five rounds between these two fighters and we're going to add advantages or disadvantages to them. And if you've listened to previous episodes, we have handicapped me versus Yuri Prohaska. Yes, yes. In spoiler, a previous episode. Spoiler, I don't do very well. <laughs> this is a true story. Yeah. Uh, and we're just going to basically round by round add advantages or disadvantages to the fighters until we think that Lauren Murphy could actually beat Derek Lewis in a fight. Okay. we In we, an MMA yeah. fight. All of these are said with love and respect for both of these fighters. Let me ask you a question. Can I handicap yes. the handicapper super duper fight? How does that work? I'm going to just say yes. Okay, I think this is pretty official, so I want to make sure you're okay with it. The yes. It's only official if it has intro music. That's right, and it does. So okay, my argument is this. It, the first time we did this, and, and the structure of this game is that the first round, the fighter who is the clear underdog, let's say me versus Yeri Prohaska, has no yes, advantage. Has no, no, yes, that's, so that is correct. Now, I don't know that be, because Lauren Murphy is a professional fighter and would kick the shit out of either of us. Yes. But Derek Lewis is a mountain he's, to he's her big. to her coffee mug. So let's, so let's, give, let's give her a small advantage in the first round. That's what I'm going to ask. Okay. Okay. A small advantage in the first round. She had ghost peppers rubbed all over her gloves. Okay. <laughs> That's the advantage she has. I'm going to say the first round is her running in a circle. <laughs> and Derek not being able to catch her. And, <laughs> and that's, that's the first round. Okay. I don't... I, you know... Even with the ghost peppers, I don't think they're going to bother him. Assuming that the referee doesn't try to force them into action, as a referee sometimes will, um, I'm going to take Derek Lewis in the first 90 seconds. Is Derek Lewis aware of the ghost peppers? No. Then... I'm going to take Derek Lewis in the first 90 seconds. If he's aware of okay. them, I think it lasts a little longer because he's going to be more careful. But we're not going to pretend that he's the most careful fighter on the planet. Well, and he can also reach. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, he's got he, two feet on her. He can, but she's much smaller than anyone he's ever fought since he was probably and quicker. eight. And she's quicker. And she's a professional fighter. So she's going to yeah. move her head. She's going to do everything she can to stay she out. Could of, just roll. She's just roll into him and take him exactly. down. Exactly. Wrap well, up a leg. I, maybe. Um, Lauren Murphy by knee bar round one. Heel hook. That's what you think? <laughs> we, <laughs> no. Okay. No, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, I wanna, it's let's still do round Derek, two. But I like the ghost pepper. So she keeps the ghost pepper gloves and then gets round two. Mm -hmm. She has ghost pepper gloves. And Derek Lewis loses all depth perception. I don't think, okay. <laughs> I don't think this changges this this much. And here's why. Really? I don't know how good you don't his think depth he, perception is You that would change it without range. I don't know how good his depth perception <laughs> is now. What did that 
that uppercut against Curtis Blades, he's got to have amazing depth. Perception. Yeah, yeah. Put, or would that just be reflexes? I think, I think Derek Lewis, again, I love watching him fight. I love everything about him. He does one thing, and he'll tell you that. He'll tell you. Yep. That. Okay. Yep. Okay. Round three. Since we both mm-hmm. agree, it really won't change much. So now to recap. Lauren Murphy has ghost pepper on her gloves. Yeah. And Derek Lewis has absolutely no depth perception. Okay. But well, let me ask you a clarifying question. Does Derek Lewis immediately also get vertigo or something without having depth perception? Ah, uh, Ooh, that's a good question. Most likely it might, it might be pretty tough. So he's chancing it. Okay. So it's, it's, it's still Derek, but it's closer. Cause he's going to be at least dizzy. I don't even know what it would be like to have no depth perception, but so, okay. So I still, am going to take Derek Lewis. I'm <laughs> still going to take Derek Lewis with the ghost pepper gloves and with the lack of depth perception. I think Derek Lewis is, he'll be like, fuck the ghost peppers and, and just deal with it later. Probably probably yeah. likes ghost peppers. He'd probably try and eat the gloves. I like ghost peppers. The flavor is incredible for about two seconds. Man, I would, I would, I would Shane Burgos if I ate a ghost pepper. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, okay, round four, and here we are leading into this. Wait, uh, well, what was the advantage for round three? Oh yeah, sorry. So Lauren Murphy, round three. My bad. Lauren Murphy has ghost pepper gloves. Derek Lewis has no depth perception. Now Lauren Murphy has Goro arms, so she has two pairs of arms. Like Goro from Mortal Kombat. Does she have Goro strength? She's pretty ripped. Yeah, and she I is. gotta think that's gonna give you some leverage. But she's also 125 pounds, and he's 265. <laughs> so it doesn't help. She could she block could, more. She could have the Iron Spider suit. I don't know if more arms are gonna help. Really? Yeah. Okay. I I don't see it unless there's a way she can hold him down with those two and punch him at the same time i and the reason i say that why not because she weighs 125 pounds i don't think she can hold him down yeah (laughs) i don't know why i just asked (laughs) okay okay so so we're at three rounds then lauren murphy has four sets of arm or sorry two sets of arms so four arms total that's right all of them covered in ghost pepper gloves Mm -hmm. and Derek lewis has no depth perception and we're in agreement that after those that Derek lewis would still be winning yes okay Derek lewis is now trapped in a hamster ball for round four (laughs) okay so lauren murphy comes out and she looks like goro or katara i think is the natara i think is the female goro in mortal Kombat. i don't know Uh one of our fans will let us know on twitter yeah Uh, and uh she's got ghost pepper gloves on all four of her hands Derek lewis has no depth perception and is now in a hamster ball so effectively his offense is going to be steamrolling right how how is she supposed to beat him the hamster ball seems like an advantage for him oh man i didn't think through that a disadvantage very well all right give her a different advantage okay she gets a different advantage yeah because the 
Oh, disadvantage for him. I just don't understand how that's that much of a disadvantage for him. Yeah, that's a good point. He just can't stretch. Okay. Give him a different one. He cannot stop doing jazz hands. <laughs> so we kind of took away his striking a little bit, although maybe he could do a little bit of like a Stockton slap, although I guess it would be more of like a like a Brooklyn slap since it'd be yeah. jazzy. Yeah, I think the issue here again is he's just so much bigger. How is he going to take her down if he can't lock his hands? Just collide into her? Just throw his body at her? Yes. You think that she could get out of the way? She's small enough, right? Without depth perception, maybe. I get the problem is I don't know how she's going to beat him. She could, I think that, I think that Lauren Murphy's only route is submission. And I I just think that he's too big. I'm going to give you an example. And this is, I am reaching. I want you to know with this example. Uh, Okay. I train jujitsu and every now and then on Monday nights, the end of class is live rounds where the coach will put you in in a situation and you have to either finish the submission or get out of the submission. (laughs) and Uh now i'm not 265 but i have been matched up with a girl who is very tough who is probably i'd put her at about 130 okay Mm -hmm. i'm not a professional athlete i'm in okay shape easy for you she could not physically hold me where she needed me to stay okay so even right. if I had to do, yeah, yeah, jazz hands, he can't grab her wrists or something. He is so much bigger than her. I, I don't see how she submits him. I really don't. He could just power it somehow. Hey, well, we got one more left. Okay. So well, that was four. So to recap our four, because right now it's still Derek Lewis, which it's pretty, <laughs> it's hard. That's why it's the it's, super duper handicapper. Well, because you have to try and get there. That's right. And we're trying. I'm trying. And hey, if our listeners want us to handicap one of these fights in this style, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to let you know that I put this fight, not with any handicaps, just Derek Lewis versus uh, Lauren Murphy on a Twitter poll. And uh, I have tremendous pull in the Twitter poll. Uh-huh. So you know. Um, 100% believe Derek Lewis would win this fight. Okay. I'm not shocked. I was not either. Anyway, so to recap, Lauren Murphy has four arms. All of them are ghost pepper on the gloves. (laughs) Derek Lewis has no depth perception and cannot stop doing jazz hands for whatever reason. Now we're going to let's go ahead and add. (laughs) Let's go ahead and add one more. Okay. Derek Lewis has been hypnotized to believe that Herb Dean, the ref, is an actual werewolf and that Lauren Murphy (laughs) is there to help him defeat the werewolf. Okay. So what I'm saying is that Derek Lewis will be terrified for his life and believe Lauren Murphy is there to help. Okay. Here's what I think happens. And he also can't stop doing jazz hands and has no depth perception. (laughs) And that's fine. I think what now does he know it's a fight? 
Yes. Okay. I think what happens is he is mostly concerned with Herb Dean. Herb Dean, come on the Pretty Neat Podcast. And she has to engage him, which is not as hard as you would think because Herb Dean is going to keep a certain distance anyway because that's what referees do. And certainly Derek Lewis isn't going to try to go towards him if he believes he's a werewolf. However, Herb Dean will move towards Derek if Lauren is moving towards Derek. Sure. Is it a full moon? Absolutely. Okay. So he's like mid-transformation. And they're fighting outdoor. Like, it's, it's a rare occasion. Okay. I think what happens is Lauren Murphy gets close enough to him to try to do something. I don't think the ghost peppers of the forearms really help. I don't think at that point the depth perception is an issue. <laughs> and I think ultimately, what, a, <laughs> what an absurd situation. I think ultimately Derek Lewis hits her with an elbow or something. And the sheer force of, of that knocks him out or her out excuse me that's what i think i like that all right for everybody who's listening as well we're completely pulling these advantages and disadvantages off a mile long list at random that we made so it's kind of like i'm not picking them and making a plan but this is why it's fun absolutely absolutely it makes more fun i i I honestly see Derek lewis trying to throw lauren murphy out of the octagon to lure the werewolf away it's (laughs) it's <laughs> definitely possible and, or and he knocks her ends. out thinking the werewolf will attack her and i can get away yeah that's we're also what assuming I'm Derek lewis is afraid of werewolves we are assuming that Derek lewis is afraid of werewolves this might be a catastrophic failure on my logic's part and you know what i might i might even jump to the conclusion that that's how this fight ends is he thinks her bean is a werewolf so he rips him in half first yeah, very. very. Or like all I all I did was get up with Herb <laughs> Dean getting technically submitted. <laughs> or the Black Beast nickname is literal, and Derek Lewis also turns into some sort of monster when exposed to the to the full moon. Oh man, Christ on a cracker! You're probably you, right. <laughs> I probably am. That <sighs> if there has been a, no truer statement in this entire podcast, I am probably right about that. Yep. All right. Well, I think Derek Lewis wins this super duper handicapper fight. What do you think? I think Derek Lewis wins going away. I think even if everyone knew what the advantages for slash disadvantages, the advantages for Lauren Murphy and the disadvantages for Derek Lewis, Mm -hmm. I think Derek is still like a minus 1500 favorite. And you know what? Lauren Murphy is a badass. I am a Lauren Murphy fan. Lauren Murphy, come come on the Pretty Neat Podcast and defend your position. I am offering that that to you. I'm extending it as an invitation. We would love to have you on just to shoot the shit. But also, you need to, can you beat Derek Lewis? Have you beat Derek Lewis? Let us know. Okay. That was a fun game. I appreciate you playing with me, Dom. What do we got coming up on the, the MMA times? this uh, coming weeks if you're ready to move on ufc fight night 188 garbrandt font from the ufc apex so i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this i am an unabashed cody garbrandt fanboy 
I'm a fan of Cody but Garbrandt too. And I know that TJ Dillashaw is my favorite fighter, as you yeah. like to point out every single yeah. chance you get. TJ Dillashaw, come on the Pretty New Podcast. <sighs> Shout out TJ, come on the Pretty New Podcast. Yeah, uh, I am a huge TJ fan, that's true. But I mean, like we we said before, he cheated. You know, if mm-hmm. you cheat, you cheat. You got to pay your comeuppance, fight clean, fight Cody clean. And uh, we can talk about, you know, fandom again. Um but I, I, I don't, I'm not feeling Garbrandt on this one. I'm not. No. Oh, no, not. interesting. I got, I think font TKO round two. I think he's going to catch Cody with a, with a head kick. And uh, after some good punches, I don't think Cody's going to close it. I don't think Cody's going to close it in. I don't think he's going to okay. pack, pack the heat. I don't think he's going to bring his gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Pack, pack some heat, take a gun, pack a little yep. heat. Tell me, uh, tell me how this fight goes in your mind. I really want to know because I believe I Cody can win. Of course, yeah. Of course he can win. I'm not saying he won't. I'm. I love him to death. I just don't. I don't see it. I think Font round two, and we're not making picks for this one because it's not a numbered card or anything. Unless you want to, but no, I wasn't no. planning on it. Cool. Um, not not for not for nah. season term purposes. Cool. Um, so Cody's only losses. Uh-huh. Uh, uh roided up TJ Dillashaw at 217 and 227, respectively. Uh-huh. Just about a just about a year apart, a little less than a year apart on each of those. And Pedro Munoz um in front of John Jones and Anthony Smith. Mm-hmm. Then he <laughs> He's he separated Rafael Asuncao's jaw, um, sure. and sort of whole bottom half of his head. Yeah. From, and you, oh yeah, that's uh, a beautiful knockout. Jeez, one of my favorites. <laughs> but the so I was gonna say the only people who have ever beaten him were Pedro Munoz when Cody was not in the right headspace. I would argue probably came back from the the second Dillashaw knockout too quickly. Sure. And, and hey, Font lost to Munoz also. Okay, yep. And uh, a roided up TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. Those are the only two. Actually, that was on the Bisping St. Pierre card that we talked about earlier. So UFC sure. 217. So the issue is. But who has he beat? Who are the last well, three he's beat? Well, Asuncio and then the big one, Dominic Cruz. But that was yeah, all the way. And I did, not, I did not pay off the T's. Uh, sure. So I apologize about that. Um, the So we were talking about times where, fi- and if we cut this, this is fine, where fighters have looked really confident and it didn't go very well. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I thought of Tony. The other fight that I, that I really thought, oh, this fighter is going to win. And then they really didn't was Ronda against Amanda Nunez all the way back at 207, December 30th, 2016. Uh-huh. There was like a like a 10 page ESPN article about Rhonda, how she had figured it out. She changed her training, her coaches, all this stuff. And Amanda Nunes said, very cool. What if I punch the fuck out of her? That was the second most I'd ever made on DraftKings was because I picked Nunes. That fight was that was. And I mean, that started Amanda's reign and and she's not giving it up. Right. So I rode that thirty eight dollars for like two months. Damn right. Um, so in front of that, Takia Mizugaki, Thomas Almeida, Augusto Mendez, sure. Enrique Briones, Marcus, yeah, but Font, but Font, Font, Charles Stanford's in there. He's sure. 
he's, he's, he's fought on a lot of big cards. Cody Garbrandt has. Sure. Yeah, he definitely has, and he's got the yeah. advantage in that being the headliner. I think, uh-huh. and that could affect Font. I do. Yeah. But Font, like he got finished by Pedro, just like yep. Cody. Um, given he was submitted, he wasn't knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but and according to MMA math, you know, Font lost to a Sun Sao, but it was a decision. Um, and Cody of, beat and Cody beat and, a Sun Sao, so well, Cody but, should beat him, right? But but his last three fights, he beat Sergio Pettis, he mm-hmm. beat Ricky Simone, and he beat Marlon Moraes. Like those yeah, are like yeah, all the Marlon, top guys. The Marlon Moraes one is the most impressive one. He also beat Thomas Almeida. Um, yeah, he beat Matt Schnell. Um, shout out Matt Schnell, come on the Pretty Podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, you know I I yeah so i i just like like font in this one i think that font can hit you and if he can hit you he throws heavy kicks that are well hidden and he has a really good jab and like and cody cody gets caught but like he can he might be able to move around the jab like he can slip you know that's his advantage is he can move he does not stay still well, blind Cody Garbrandt is so fast. Yeah, he's so fast. You know what I think we have with Cody? I'm going to be honest, and this is my bias talking a little bit. You know what they say about Rose is that Rose, it's all up here for her, right? It's all yeah, it's in, in her head. It's all yeah. in her head. If if she's good up top, she's she's there's nobody they can they can put in there with her that they can. I beat see her. that with Cody too. Yeah, I see that with Cody, and I you're think absolutely right. I think that Cody has it figured out. If you, if you heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast, he had a gnarly bout with COVID-19. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think people really, if you're listening to this podcast, you do, but you're, you're happy. You do appreciate it is what I was about to say, but your average fan doesn't, they don't really understand what these fighters go through um, physically. Right. They don't understand the physical toll this takes on them. Sure. Um, you sort of your average fans. So I think that, for so you you wouldn't look at Cody and say oh well I mean he's a professional athlete in phenomenal shape what do you mean he had a lot of trouble but the the breakdown yeah. that their body goes through the the wear and tear so having said all of that I I am a Cody fanboy I will be watching yeah. this fight very closely um, yeah I want him to win I do I'm not a big Rob Font fan uh, in the sense of character like I've said yeah. before um, and I mean not that Cody's of course demonstrated the most amazing character on the planet or anything no, like that rob font hasn't rubbed me the wrong way or anything but um i like cody he's mm-hmm. cool and i love the i don't know the entire story with the young man that he always brings to all of his shows entirely except for maybe that he had cancer at one point yes but, something like that yeah um but hell yeah like i'm i'm a i'm a brotherly type guy you know and i you're you're my brother man i would yeah let me if i was a champ i would want to bring you with me too <laughs> Well, I would hold the belt. I'd be a ring girl. Um, yeah. Well, I, as long as I'm not Dan Mergliata after uh, after 262, because for anybody who didn't watch the replay of Charlie Oliveira getting the belt put on his waist, when Dana White put the strap on him, the buckle hit Dan Mergliata in the nuts, and poor Dan just grabbed his grabbed his junk and backed off. 
<laughs> and I mean, those clips are a couple of pounds of gold and leather. That that hurts. Yep. You have to pay a lot of money in Vegas to have someone do that to you. Yeah, and you have you to sure be expecting do. it to enjoy it. They were so, in Houston, though, so you never know. Yeah, they were in Houston, so you can really get that done anywhere. You don't have to be that's in Vegas. Just, anyway. Um, that's right. Uh, we're on a little diatribe I, there. So, yeah, I want to see Cody win, but I think Font is going to get this one after clipping him with a head kick in round two. That's what okay. I see happening. I I think Cody stops him. Yeah? Uh, yeah, round two or three. Probably not the first round. I would really like to see Cody go slow and sort of sort of feel Rob Font out a little bit because the yeah, times dude, where Cody too. has lost, and really both TJ fights, Cody had chances to put him away. Yeah. And, I mean, in the first fight, literally – TJ was saved by the bell. If that fight was 10 seconds longer, Cody wins. Um, it's but, weird. It's like he, when he, when he gets them to that spot, he goes into like this let's go mode, but not like a finish him mode. It's weird. Well, he's almost too tough for his own good, right? He'll stand in there and trade punches with you. And you cannot do that with TJ Dillashaw. That, that doesn't work. Um, you really can't do it with Cody Garbrandt either. But I, I will be watching this fight pretty closely on Saturday night. I'm, it's definitely the fight on this card that we will talk most about. That's for sure. Um, although I do love Ben Rothwell and he's fighting late, late uh, change. He's going to fight Chris Barnett. That'll be fun. And then, you know, the, the yawn as far as the fight will be interesting too, to see what happens ultimately, how that impacts what's going on with Rose. So I'm a big UFC fight night fan. Um, We've we've sang the UFC and Fight Night praises, but there's really nothing on a Saturday night like turning on a Fight Night and and yeah, the, it's it's pretty great. So it's pretty great. It's one of the neatest things around. I'm glad that we get to talk about it instead of us just knowing it. That's right. Do and on you... Friday we have some Bellator too, but uh, I don't want to talk what, on that just yet. Who do we have on Bellator? Oh, it's Cyborg cyborg okay. is fighting you know i'm always ready to watch her eat it's like watching the velociraptors get fed in jurassic park um you know i just want to watch for the blood but before we get into that two things mm-hmm. um uh uh jack hermanson edmund shabazian was yep. moved onto this card too um it was supposed to happen uh either like this past show or um uh, a couple of weeks ago but two i am or two re- ago yep Whew, that is a huge middleweight fight. I am so excited for that one. And I think uh, Edmund Shabazian might put it on the hammer myself. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's that. going to be a big one. I'm, I'm really excited for that. I don't know if you have an opinion either way. Um, then uh, in the heavyweight, also Justin Taffa and Jared yeah. Vandera. And Vandera, um, I, he's from my hometown. You know, and I got a root for him for that reason. Not my specific hometown, but the area. Trains out of Team Quest with Sam Alvey, who we just yep. talked to. Yeah. And um, I think he's going to get this one done really quick. I think this is just going to be one of those fights that's boom in a second. I'm 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 eager for this one. Under two so minutes. He, Jared so Bandera. He, he got knocked out by Sergey Spivak. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Blades Lewis card just yeah, a did. couple months ago. Um, yep. And then he was on the Contender Series. I I'm I like Justin Taffa. I do too. He's got that 
Samoan power. I just think he's going to get clipped. That's my my thought. He's going to he's going to get clipped. I, and this is a hometown. This is me doing fanboy rooting. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not not too far from not too far from where I'm sitting now actually. Um Yeah. I think I saw as, him fight a few years flies. ago and that's where I uh where I picked him up. Anyway, that was all I really had on UFC coming up this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Jared Vandera Come on the Pretty Neat Podcast. Friend of the show, Jared Vanderaw, Team Quest with Sam Alvey. Um, let's, yeah. let's get this one done, Jared. We're, we're, you know, it. I can't help it. I, I love when Ashley Yoder fights. I always I always uh, pull for her, even though she hasn't looked great. Um, speaking of, of people who Sam Alvey is friends with, uh, Big Daddy Joe Stevenson um, mm-hmm. actually went to, high, Come on the went, to, went to high school with my older brother. So that's pretty cool. Um, and you know what that guy is a fucking beast (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say so with all the developments at lightweight i think it would be appropriate Um, we have a nice selection of champions in the ufc right now and the uh fight week international fight week is coming up in a couple of months month and a half midway point of the season if you will a lot of things can change i think it is time for us to predict who the champions will be at the end of the year 2021 and that's it no 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 nothing crazy we'll just come back and see how we did okay yeah that's it and i think we if you believe that there will be an interim if you want or like a something you can throw that out my way too um i'm not gonna go that far and all, uh, and I've written down all the top contenders as well, so we can kind of breeze through each one. Sound good? Okay. Yep. Um, first, women's strawweight currently Rose Nama Humas. This could also mm-hmm. be some trivia if you want. <laughs> um, uh, top contenders: Zhang Wei Li, of course, Joanna, and Yan Jianan. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a believer that this is an and still situation. I think uh, Rose maybe will fight Zhang one more time realistically and defend it. And I don't know if she'll fight again by the end of the year. We are After in total that. agreement. Awesome. F- women's flyweight. Let me think about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I only need one bullet. That's right. Nice. If you don't get that and you're listening to this podcast. That's Valentina Shevchenko. We want the listeners. You are looking for the Pretty Feet podcast. and Which I also is... host on Thursdays. Oh, that's Thursdays? Yeah, looking we for moved something it. To do we moved it. Day. Yeah, we moved it. Got it. This makes much more sense. Women's bantamweight, Amanda Nunes. Yep. She's scheduled to fight Juliana Pena in August. Oh, so, cool. you know. Um, Holly Holm and Aspen Ladd are the other top contenders. Yeah, that's fun. I lion, the lioness. Mm-hmm. I'm and still in agreement there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it. Women's featherweight. We either have Amanda Nunes. You could throw Kayla Harrison in there if some sort of magic happened, or nobody. The whole thing is just gone. The which is kind of what it is now. So, I mean, I guess we could say no one. <laughs> what do you think? 
Um, I think no one is a cop out, so I'm gonna say Amanda Nunes. Cool, we'll go with that. And I, I, and that may very well mean that she has, you know, what my one of my favorite UFC cards every year is the big, uh, uh, New Year's Eve one. Yeah, and, one of my favorites. Uh, it's always great. She very well could fight Kayla Harrison on that card, for all I know. Kayla Harrison, mm-hmm. come on the Pretty Neat Podcast. Kayla Harrison, uh, we're gonna have to really make sure you understand that you saw the testing. But Amanda, <laughs> Amanda still beats her. Yep, I think so too. I do too. All right, we're now into men's. Yeah, men's flyweight Davison Figueiredo is the current champ. Uh-huh. Uh, he's scheduled to fight Brandon Moreno in June, June twelfth. Followed closely behind Brandon, though, are Oscar Ansarov and Alejandre Pantoja. I, so this is the first one I'm actually curious to hear your, I want your thoughts. I'm, we might disagree on this. What do you think? I think that it is and still. Okay. I think that Davison keeps it. Um, I think he's going to beat Brandon Moreno or lose the rematch <laughs> well, in those, which case those we are the have two a, ways it could go yes yep yeah, yeah. in which case it's a trilogy yep. and he wins the trilogy okay or i think he beats oscar ansarov okay further, so I'm, I'm gonna say brandon moreno here okay you're gonna say moreno how do you think this goes do you think he wins and defends one more time or just wins and i think doesn't fight again brandon beats him in june and then defends against someone random Cool. Uh, maybe in September. Nice. I'd like to see what happens there. This will yeah. be fun to look at at the end of the year. Now we are men's bantamweight current mm-hmm. champ, Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. Top three are Piotr Jan, current Corey Sandhagen. But all right. Yeah. Um, Piotr Jan's in there. Corey mm-hmm. Sandhagen's in there. I included Cody Garbrandt yeah. in the discussion. Um, and uh, yeah. I'm not your, not your favorite fighter, though. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm genuinely not sure how to go on this one. I'm, I was kind of leaning towards Corey myself. I think Corey's going to come in this year and, and become the champ. He's the new hotness for sure. So let's be realistic here. Jan and Sterling are going to fight again. And Jan, Jan's going to win because the, the gap was too great. Okay. So I think Corey and Piotr are going to fight for an interim. No, Aljo's out with an no, injury. Isn't he it, still? No, they'll no, that won't be an interim. Interims are for pussies. I and I here. So one. so, what do you think? I'm going with Corey Sandhagen. Oh, you said that. I'm sorry. Corey Sandhagen's going to be the champion at bantamweight at the end of 2021. I'm going Dominic Cruz. No, uh, <laughs> Cody. <laughs> I'm going to go Cody Garbrandt. I think Cody beats Rob Font. I think he gets a shot at Sandhagen or Sterling or Jan, because if he does beat Rob Font, he's right back in there. Yeah. He's a big name. He's exciting. I think Cody Garbrandt is the men's bantamweight title or rightful champ. Men's bantamweight belt holder at the end of the year. Now, that may very well be that he takes the belt on December 30th. Yeah. But it's still in the oh, calendar yeah. year. Oh, yeah. I'm all the way well, up to New Year's it Eve wouldn't party. be. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be December 30th. What date would that card be? That would be December 20... 25th. So probably 18th. Okay. Yeah. The big one will be either the 18th or I guess this, uh, January 2nd. They might. They do that sometimes. Yeah, but Christmas, I don't know. Christmas on a Saturday is going to make it weird. December yeah. 18th will be their big one then. Probably. So right yeah, around probably there. the big one. 
Okay. Yeah. So you got Cody Garbrandt returning to the throne. I think that would be uh, a beautiful story arc myself. Mm-hmm. That is a, that's the art part of mixed martial arts. Yep. Uh, as we like to say, we do. Um, that would be exciting. All right. Now we're into men's featherweight. Currently Alexander Volkanovsky. Top up there, Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega, Korean Zombie. Um, mm-hmm. Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky are hosting the Ultimate Fighter. Yes. Um, there is no fight scheduled betwixt them, but it does look like that's the fight that we know um, of. That we know of this year. And what's your pick? I went first last time. Uh, well, I have, I have tricked you into going first every time. Oh. I think I think the champion in this division is not Volkanovski. And I'm really torn between Holloway and Brian Ortega. Okay. How old is Brian Ortega? Uh Brian Ortega's young. 28. Yeah. 28. Now I now I don't know how old Volkanovski is. He is 30. Volkanovski? No, Brian Ortega. Um I think that the champion in this division is Brian Ortega. Me too. That is funny. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think Ortega submits him. I think Ortega c- yeah. catches him in a guillotine or Brian Ortega is a beast. <sighs> so sneaky. Men's lightweight. This is a fun one. Yeah. We've been talking like... about it all night. So I guess we don't even have to say anything. I like in Paul Felder of- here. No. Um, <laughs> what I wouldn't give to see Felder fight for a belt. What are you, what are you, where are you going with this one? I'm going Connor McGregor. Oh, you stole it from me. I'm also going Connor oh, McGregor. Damn it. No way. Yeah. That is so funny. Okay. Yep. So we have to be thinking the same thing then. What are you, how are you thinking this transpires? I and think I- Connor beats Dustin. Okay. I think Connor beats whoever the champion is after that. And I'm not certain that it's going to be Charles Oliveira. I actually think we could have a situation where Connor, no, where Connor fights Michael Chandler for the belt. And I think Connor is a nightmare for Michael Chandler. I do too. It's I, Aldo I, part two in my head. I think everything Connor is good at, and, and I know you don't like him. Connor is phenomenally skilled at a great many things in an MMA cage. And I think I like every single one of I them. I not entertained by him as much as I used to be. That's fine. I think every one of them is a weakness for Michael Chandler. I think Connor starches Benil Darius. Mm-hmm. I think. Connor Charles Oliveira is interesting, but because that could be the fight too if Connor beats Dustin. Now, of course, if Connor Connor loses to Dustin in two months, then we're both wrong immediately. But that's that's yeah, we would both be wrong immediately. And I think that we're in the I'm I'm in this place where it's either Connor fighting Oliveira or Gaethje or Chandler for the belt in December, and I can frankly see him having all of them i i really can i can see his he, he has the tools to beat all yeah. of them yeah I if think he gets he does. past dustin he dustin he really is does. the toughest matchup for him 
he really is the toughest yeah. matchup. And if he can come back in July, a changed man and, and really put on a show, not just beat Dustin, but destroy Dustin, it is going to be uh, a definitely a big giant uh, piece of evidence that we are, our hypothesis was correct. <laughs> yeah. And we remember the knockout that Dustin had, but Connor won the first round. Yeah. So, and Connor knocked him out the first time they fought. So I know Dustin's yeah. better now, but it's not that, you know, and to be Connor, you have to damn near kill him. Let's be honest. Yeah. You really do. So he's a tough son of yeah. a bitch. So he taps when he has lost. He has not tapped early in any of his fights. That is correct. Well, that's funny that we were on the same page. All yeah. right. Men's welterweight. I'm yeah. going to say, and still, and still. Um, I don't think we have to really say much. Do you think, um, Covington will give him a good a good run if Covington's no. next. No, no you don't. don't. Just a repeat. Nope. Rinse and repeat. Same thing. Or yep. Yeah. Okay. Middleweight. <laughs> Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker, Paula Costa. He's scheduled to fight Martin Vittori in June. Yeah, what that's cool. This is also an end still. Me too. All now, right. now, and I don't think this is what's happened. Okay. But it is possible. <clears throat> I, I just don't think this is who Stylebender is, but it is possible. We have seen Stylebender guys have their confidence get shaken before. Yeah. Yeah. He did lose to, to Jan. So. And, and suddenly it, it's, it's like I was talking about with the yips in baseball. Suddenly Stylebender's like, wait, everything I did before worked and now it doesn't. I don't think that happens in this division, but. Yeah. You know, I could, I can see a future in which Martin Vittori wins in June. I, it's not clear. I can see, I can see the pressure like being this overwhelming. June, like in a month. Yeah. No. Yeah, I can, I can, but I can see a rematch and I can see him losing. So like, it's just one of those things where it's how Israel comes back. Like you said, how he comes back up the loss. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz Martin Vittori is going to be hyper aggressive and if that's not what what Israel needs right after coming off losing um we could see a different side of Israel we haven't seen it might be a a, a weaker side mm-hmm. I guess I should say. Um so yeah, well we both picked and still we both think the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Men's light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Jan Blahovich is the current champ. He's going to fight Glover in uh September Glover Teixeira. Yep. Um and we've got Alexander Ratkik and uh, Yuri Prochaska in the mix. So you're 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 looking past Tiago Santos and Dom Reyes. I am going and to Anthony look, Smith. I am going to look past all of them in terms okay. of timing. Anthony Smith might be the only one who might be able to line up there that could really actually be fighting for the belt. He's on a win streak, mm-hmm. not a losing streak, like crew like Reyes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so uh, Anthony Smith might be in that mix too. Okay. What do you think happens? It's hard. I, I want to try to avoid recency bias. And I would really like to see them standing next to each other. Cause Jan is a big guy. Mm-hmm. I want to say Yuri Prohaska. I want to, but I also want to make sure I'm not making the wrong call because i'm just saw him fight so 
I am and, taking and that risk. So okay. I'll, I'll, you can trick me into saying it first in this one if you want to see it that way. But um, I'm picking Yuri. I think okay. Yuri's going to end up with the belt. I really do. And it might be recency bias. It might be fanboying because it's what I do. Uh, but I think Yuri takes it in December. Or he fills in for an injury. Because September is pretty far. It is entirely possible that it's Glober or it's Yawn and that's it. You know, they fight in September and nothing happens after that. I'm going to say Yuri Prohaska. Yeah. I have never been that sold on Jan Blakovich. He seems like a like a kind of a placeholder type of guy. It's not going to okay. be Glover Teixeira. We all know that. And yeah. I just think Yuri is more skilled than everybody else. I think that if he fights this year, that it's him. I think it might actually just be timing. He said he wanted a year to prepare, which could take him off the list right away. I mean, if we take him at his word, he won't fight in a year. Prohaska <laughs> said he wants a year to prepare? Yep. And he, well, he did say he wouldn't join the UFC until he was ready, and he didn't. Maybe I should take him at his word. I'm going to change mine. I'm going to go Jan. I'm going to say he just retains. Still. Well, well, I'll, I'll say Yuri with the caveat of the fight happening. If the fight doesn't happen for some reason like okay. that, then I don't think anyone can take it from Jan. I think that's true. And I'm actually going to copy you, even though that's, yeah, it's that's partially fine. us playing it out in our head and partially uh, actual guessing, you know. Um, then we only have one left, and that yeah. is heavyweight Francis Ngannou. I mean, we've got a lot of clear top contenders up there with Jones yep. and Jocic and Derek Lewis and yep. Blades. Blades, I'm taking off the list for my options personally. Yeah, yeah, it's not happening. Um, what and there's do no you... fights scheduled right now, but it looks like Francis and Derek will be next. Yeah, I don't really see how Derek Lewis solves that equation. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious who I'm going to say. Francis or Jones? John Jones. Think John Jones is the heavyweight champ by the I, end of the year? I do. I think that assuming the fight happens, if it doesn't happen, then then it's going to be Francis. But if the fight happens, then it's going to be John Jones. Fair. I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. And I'm going to say Stipe Miocic returns. Okay, you son of a bitch. Champ. I thought about doing that. I think, and this isn't me being super hypothetical out there in the future, is do I think that Francis and Lewis happens and Francis stays? I think Stipe and Jones happens. Okay. And I think Stipe show welcomes Jones to the heavyweight division in uh in a bad way. Okay. Um, not necessarily that it's dominant, but I think Stipe catches Jones and puts himself back in the title picture and takes mm -hmm. it back. I really, um, this is me writing a movie in my head. Yeah. But I am going to stick with, I want Stipe to be the champ at the end of the year. Do, can it happen? Probably not. Am I fucking stupid? <laughs> Probably, but that's what I think. <laughs> well, so the, the path to it is there. There's also the path and I'm not saying it's likely, but Derek Lewis can take a punch and he can give a punch. He, yeah, he could absolutely. So Derek Lewis 
could knock out Francis. Mm-hmm. And then you do Stipe and Derek Lewis, and Stipe takes it from Derek Lewis. And then for some reason, at the end of that the could. year, they, you know, by the time those fights happen, you can't schedule it this year. So Stipe is t- holding the belt. And, but in that world, that means John Jones has never fought at heavyweight. Yeah. Here's the thing. John Jones <laughs> is coming out of a phenomenal training uh, organization at Jackson Wink. He is the very best MMA fighter who's ever lived. Mm-hmm. He, he has made, if you look at the pictures and videos of him, permanent changes to his body by getting so much bigger him cutting back down to 205 yeah. right now doesn't seem no it does not seem physically possible anymore. doesn't seem possible and I, I we're certainly not the first people to say that so john is looking at that heavyweight division and saying you know what i think i can beat every single one of them yeah yeah i could see a world too where Derek lewis touches francis mm-hmm. and becomes the champ mm-hmm. and that's what john jones is waiting for now he comes in instead of Nganu, now he's fighting lewis for the belt which would be easier quote unquote so you're saying john jones and is Derek ducking lewis, francis Nganu? not necessarily ducking him um he's not agreed to fight him so as long as he's not agreed to fight yeah him, but that's as much about money as it is about anything else it is but it's about who's going to have the belt at the end of the year. And maybe Jones will see Lewis get the belt and think it's easier and maybe take a cheaper paycheck um, or take a bigger cut knowing he'd be the bigger name draw than Lewis instead of Ngannou or something like that. But I can see a lot of different paths for really any heavyweight, any one of these four to really be at the top at the end of this year. Um, albeit, I do think Francis and Jones are the two who are the most realistically going yeah. to be in the top. Yeah. So what's interesting to me, and I understand it, but from a fighting is so, is so different than other sports for this reason. You see this in boxing all the time. Connor talked about it. He said he should not have taken as much time off and got right back in there with Dustin as he did. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that Jones isn't talking about a tune-up fight. I know, right? You can train all you want, and I know he does, and obviously he knows more about training than I ever will, so I don't mean to insinuate that I know something he doesn't, but it's weird to me that he's not looking at a Rosenstrike or even a guy like Walt Harris or or Cyril Gaon or Volkov or Curtis Blades or one of those guys that sort of that second tier of heavyweights and just yeah. get in there and mix it up with someone you're not paying to train with you, right? Yeah, you got to get in there, mix it up, get the earth moving. Just just shake things up a little bit, get the earth moving. Get in there yeah. and re- really get in there against someone who's trying to beat you and not just train with you. Yeah. And John 100%. Jones John Jones is not dumb. He knows that. But the mm-hmm. problem is he makes so much money for them. How they do you should not have him fighting for a belt. That's exactly it. He that's hasn't exactly lost. It. He has not lost a, a championship fight. Well, he's never 12. lost a fight. Yeah. It, there you go. Yeah. He's only ever not won a fight once, which and was that's a, it. a bullshit. And, it, and that's why I won't say a loss. <laughs> he just yeah. didn't win it, <laughs> but he was winning. Yeah. Yeah. 
so so that that's really where i'm at with this whole this whole thing for heavyweight it's not i you know and i don't think the real fans think this but i think a lot of the sort of casual fans are like oh it's francis and god is just gonna he's just gonna rocket train everybody i just don't know that that's the case yeah yeah i don't i don't either francis has a lot to learn and i mean stipe was the most prolific reigning heavyweight champion in ufc Ever. history yeah and like people forget that quite often that he mm-hmm. defended it more than anybody else and he's incredibly well-rounded yeah and francis is not incredibly well-rounded yet he yeah. has all the right ingredients to be a really delicious a delicious meal right now mm-hmm. but i don't know if it's going to sustain you know stipe is potatoes so and i love potatoes well and and stipe took a bunch of shots in yeah in that fight and the he the one that took him out was the one he made the mistake on Mm-hmm. So it's not that in Ga- I mean, yeah, Ngannou won, no, no question. And I would like to see Stipe retire. I've been on record as saying that. But the the, yep. the thing is, there is a you run that fight simulation a hundred times. Francis doesn't win a hundred of them. No. So we can, yeah, he's exciting. He's a mm-hmm. specimen. There, you don't you look at him, and there's really not a lot of human beings on planet earth that look like that and and i get it but i just think it's it's he's not an unsolvable problem yep i agree he's he's just not yep so with that in mind there's a couple of guys and i don't think Derek lewis is the guy that can solve it right so you put francis in there you let him defend the title that's the thinking and then john jones says you know what i want that and and then he comes and takes it from him because (laughs) I, I don't see Francis's path to victory. The, this, oh, he, anyone can get hit. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's true, but John Jones can, can get out of the way better than anybody else and can also hit better than anybody else. Well, if the answer is it's true, but then it's not true. <laughs> it's something else, right? Yep. So Stipe really did a number on Francis the first time. If he can pull, if Stipe can pull another fight out with Francis, I think he gets it back. See, I, similar to the way, to what I was saying about John Jones, I'd like to see Stipe get in there with somebody else. Get in there in a non, I would get in there with, in a non-title fight. Take some of that pressure off. Focus on your performance. Play your game. Do your thing. Beat Cyril Gane or or Gane, however you say it, whatever. Do something like that before getting right back in there with Francis. That's what I think. But again, yeah. Hey, maybe Jan gets dethroned and he moves up. You know, there's a plenty of things that could happen. Yeah, I don't think that's a smart move for him. But I don't either. He didn't ask my opinion. <laughs> um, there, there's a huge difference between 205 and 265. Trust me. Yeah. That's what I think, man. I, I think yeah. the champion, though, assuming the fight goes, is going to be John Jones. If cool. it doesn't, I could see a situation where Stipe says, I'm going to, I'll fight him in February. 
and so in that case it's still francis mm-hmm. hey man that sounds really good I, i'm gonna take stipe i'm gonna think i'm gonna think he's gonna find a way back all right 2021 the rest of this year has some really fun mma i gotta say sure does i think it's pretty mm-hmm. neat do you MMA might be the neatest thing around do you want to give out the i think you're pretty neat but i respect your distance award i think i did last time no last time it was sam well uh, yeah right. let's let's go ahead and do that the i think you're pretty neat but i respect your distance award for me goes to jacare because when you can break your arm like that and kind of just sit there kind of like well poop now we can't play no more like type mm-hmm. moment you are my hero and your constant vigilance is something to aspire towards jacare i respect your distance and i think you're pretty neat okay my i think you're pretty neat but i respect your distance award you know what i'm gonna give it to michael chandler michael chandler michael Props chandler michael i think chandler. you're pretty neat Put but i respect your distance should have mm-hmm. should have i mean listen <laughs> an inch or a mile right I'm not, I'm going to stop saying he should have won, but he was in position to win and didn't close it out. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that in mind, I think his, his arrival to the UFC has been fantastic. I love watching him in embedded Um, second fight, second fight in the UFC. And I cannot wait to watch every single other fight of his career in the UFC. Yep. So with that said, Michael Chandler, I think you're pretty neat, but I respect your distance. Sounds good. Hey, man, I can't wait to watch MMA and uh, this week and then talk to you about it. Would that, be, would that be coming out next Tuesday? That'd probably be coming out next Tuesday. The 25th of May. The 25th of May. Oh, shit, I almost forgot. Uh, um, game night is coming back, dude. They're going to be live. They're doing Smash Brothers at uh, Shamrock again in the uh, Marietta, California. If you all are, if anybody's there, go to Shamrock, Irish Pub and Eatery, Mirror to California, go to Game Night Live, watch some video game tournaments, drink, eat food, be merry. It's pretty neat. It's on Sunday. I think June 6th. June 6th, not June 9th. June 6th. June. And 6th. hey, shout out to all of our listeners. And we are going to, to start working on some live fight companion y style uh, events. Be on the lookout for that. Yeah. And spread the word. We're on social medias. We're on everything. And uh, yeah, we're new. So let's let's, uh, get all the people on board. Find out how neat MMA is with us. Dom, why don't you send us a, give us a good sign off. What's a good sign off? Trump 24. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. It's like that, Hey all, thanks for listening to the Pretty Neat Podcast. Now available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts and Overcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.